lot that's good to say. Can we pray and then dive into God's Word tonight? Awesome, let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much uh, for your Word. Uh, God, we thank you that your Word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, uh, it pierces through the bone and the marrow. Uh, God, down to the soul and through the Spirit, God, and it reveals to us the motives and the intents of our heart. And God, I pray that our, our heart's uh, motive would be to, to bring honor and to bring glory to you. God, to live for you, uh, to seek to see others fall deeply in love with Jesus. God, we exist for, for no other reason than to see people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. And, uh, and God, to bring you glory in that. So God, we just pray that tonight, as we spend these next few moments looking at your word, uh, God, that your word would speak to us. Uh, God, that you, by your Holy Spirit, would just reveal truth to us. Uh, God, that as we look at what it means to, to walk in the light, um, God, that we would just be inspired and encouraged. Uh, God, that we'd be challenged uh, by your, your word and by what your word has to say. Uh, God, I pray that none of these would be my words, that, uh, but that your words uh, would come through, God. Anything that would be of me, uh, God, may I not be able to get it out of my mouth, but God, that your perfect word, uh, God, would come through. Uh, God, and that we would know truth. God, and that we would worship you in spirit and in truth. So, God, we thank you. God, we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Last week, we were in John chapter 12. Uh, it was our 30th week in the book of John. Uh, so, yeah, woo for 30 weeks in John. Uh, if, if 30 weeks and 12 chapters is a, uh, any indication of how long we're going to be in John, uh, just plan for another probably 27 weeks being in John. Uh, we're not even, we didn't finish chapter 12 last week, uh, but we are finishing chapter 12 this week. Um, but last week, if you all remember, uh, we talked about donkeys. Yeah, you guys remember last week we talked about donkeys? And uh, yeah, donkey, uh, like, like Shrek, and uh, donkeys don't have layers, ogres have layers, but donkeys do like waffles. Uh, that was not the, sa- uh, the saving point of the sermon or the salvation point of the sermon. Um, but uh, I believe that last week uh, some people's lives got changed. Uh, as, as they said, all right, God, I know I'm just a lowly person, but uh, I want you to use me however you'll use me. Uh, and we prayed that God would give vision. We prayed that God uh, would, would, would give direction and discernment, um, that God would give aspirations. Uh, and, and, uh, and so uh, uh, we're, just believing, we're just believing that God uh, will do great things uh, in the future. But we're going to pick up tonight uh, in John chapter 12, and we're going to look... Uh, at verse 23, I think it's up on the screen. If John, you can throw that up there. Uh, look at that. Yeah, we're going to read verses 23 through 36. And then we're going to jump to another portion of Scripture. But this is what it says. If you're following along, I'm, I'm reading from the New King James. Uh, the board up here is the New King James as well. Uh, so if, if you got something else you're having a hard time following along, just follow along on the screen. This is what it says. It says this. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life uh, in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone who serves me, my father, he will honor. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by uh, and heard it said that it was a thunder, uh, that, that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered and said this, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of the world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying uh, by what death uh, he would die. And the people answered and said, We have heard from the law that Christ remains forever. How can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? And Jesus said to them, A little while longer, the light is with you. But uh, walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. And while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. These things Jesus had spoken and departed and was hidden from them. Jump with me, if you will, now over to verse 42. And verse 42 should be up on the screen. We're going to read verse 42 through 50. And it says this, Nevertheless, even among them uh, uh, rulers and many believed in him. 
but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, that whosoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I, I, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me uh, gave me a command, uh, and what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Uh, this is a portion of Scripture uh, where Jesus is doing a lot of talking. And he's talking to those who have been following him, those who are in the city uh, at his triumphal entry. Uh, and, and he's really laying down uh, some groundwork for, for, for the next few days. If you remember last week, we talked about how uh, at this point in the book of John, uh, from this point to the end of the book of John, takes place in eight days. Uh, we, are, we are at the end of Jesus' ministry, and uh, Jesus uh, is really uh, telling the people, this is why I have come, and you're not going to have me much longer, uh, so let me explain to you uh, the full purpose of why I am here, why I have come, uh, and what you are to do with me uh, and with my presence uh, both while I am with you and while I am gone. What we're going to do is, is, is some weeks we, we go topical, other weeks we go verse by verse. I'm, I'm much more of a verse by verse teacher. Uh, that's just the way uh, I was brought up, uh, and that is the way uh, I feel comfortable doing it. Uh, so we're going to go verse by verse tonight, because I think the verse by verse approach for this portion of Scripture uh, really has a lot to say to us. And we're going to cross-reference here and there uh, to some other things that Jesus says and some other things uh, that John has written down. I, I think before we dive into the verse by verse, though, uh, I want just to draw your attention yet again uh, to the author uh, of this book, the author of this gospel, uh, John the Apostle. Uh, he's been called the Apostle whom Jesus loved. He's been called the Apostle of love. Uh, he's, he has the nickname, a son of thunder. Uh, and he did not just write the Gospel of John, but he also wrote uh, the book of Revelation, or as in some older translations of the Bible, it says the Revelation of St. John. Uh, and even some older Bibles still say the Revelation of St. John on the island of Patmos. How's that for a book title? Uh, I, I like New King James. <laughs> Revelations. Awesome. All right. Uh, so, so, so John wrote uh, the Gospel of John. He wrote Revelation. And he also wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, all of which are letters uh, to the church uh, from John. Uh, and this conglomeration of writings, these, these five things that John has written, uh, in theological terms or, or in uh, theological circles, are known as Johannine literature. That means nothing to you guys. It's not like really not that important. Uh, so uh, with that being said, this was kind of a little plug for Sunday mornings. Uh, we just started our series, Beloved, going through 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, uh, and we'll be in that for all of summer. So if you want to hear more from John, come Sunday morning. And yes, Pastor Dave, I said that. This is a recording. I plugged it. Good. All right. So with that being said, he didn't even ask me to. That was just bonus points for me. Um, but uh, this is what uh, John, John, I mentioned on Sunday, if you're in church Sunday morning, I was preaching Sunday morning, uh, and I mentioned that John, one of the themes John talks about uh, a lot uh, is light. Uh, that, that, that was one of the main themes of all of John's writing, uh, was light, and, and referring to Christ as the light, referring to Christ as the life, and referring to Christ as the word. These, these are very things that are uh, uh, very unique to John uh, throughout the New Testament. We see Paul referring to him as the Christ and as the Son of God. We see the other Gospels referring to him as the Christ, as the Messiah. But John tends to call him the light, the word, uh, and the life. And, and, and so this is, this is unique, and we're going to see kind of how that comes into full play tonight uh, in, in some of the things that uh, John records Jesus saying. But let's pick up in verse 23, which is where we started, and it says this, But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Um, Jesus is about to uh, predict uh, his death uh, upon the cross uh, and his resurrection. He, he, he's been telling his disciples uh, and those who have been following him for, for, for a long time now, uh, I am uh, the Christ, um, 
and you've been asking who I am, yet I keep telling you who I am, uh, but you don't know. And, and finally, if you remember a few weeks ago, he finally got it through the disciples, and they're like, yeah, okay, this makes sense. You're the Christ. Uh, let's establish the kingdom. Let's do this thing here and now. And Jesus was like, you don't get it. You don't get it. And Jesus has earlier predicted his death, uh, and, and, we, and we've seen that there's a plot to kill Jesus. Uh, but at this point, Jesus is going to say, hey, uh, the, the, the time is at hand. Uh, everything that has been put into motion is in motion. I just had this triumphal entry that uh, disciples, if you remember, that, uh, that there's a specific amount of time uh, that since the going forth of the command to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, uh, that this is a very specific and appointed day that Messiah would be revealed. And now very soon after this, Messiah is going to be cut off. I am going to be removed. I am going to die. And the disciples said, far be it, far be it. And then the Pharisees were like, hey, stop these people from praising you. And Jesus said, hey, the, the very rocks will cry out. If, if you remember that from Luke, when we looked at that last week. And now Jesus is saying, the hour has come uh, that, the man, that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, this is verse 24, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies... It produces much grain. Um, Jesus is talking about the importance of his death uh, and, and, and what this death will bring as a result. Uh, it's, it, it, and, and Jesus is saying if a grain uh, falls, but it just sits there and doesn't do anything, it just falls and uh, just withers and blows away, uh, it's not worth anything. But if it dies and then that seed that is from it germinates and grows, there's new life. And Jesus is saying uh, in my death and in my resurrection, there's going to be new life and there's going to be much fruit. Uh, Jesus has used the parable, and I'm sure you're familiar with it, of, of the guy who was sowing the seed, and some fell on rocky soil, some fell uh, on, on, on good soil, some fell amongst weeds, and, and all these different kinds of soils. But the one that fell on good soil, what does it say? It says it, it sprang forth, it grew, and multiplied 10, 40, 100 fold. And, and, and that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, this is going to happen. It is because of my death and resurrection that the church is going to grow. He had already told his disciples that this is the church uh, that they, uh, and, and on this rock being that Jesus is the Christ the Messiah he will build his church and now he's giving the formula uh, and the reason and the wherewithal of how the church is going to grow so let's just jump now into verse 25 as it says this he who loves this life will lose it and he who hates this life this life in the world he will keep it for eternal life if anyone serves me let him follow me and if uh and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Um, this is a sermon in and of itself, and, and, and it's not the main crux of tonight. So, so I just want you guys to spend a little bit of time, uh, maybe when you go home tonight, uh, thinking. I almost said marinating. That, that, that just sounds a little bit weird, but you could marinate if you want to. Uh, but, 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 but thinking over what these uh, verses mean, because they're very... Uh, very, very poignant, and I really, I, I wish we had more time just to dive into to what these verses really have to say. Uh, but he who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates this life in the world, he will keep it for eternal life. And the, and the importance of what that means, the importance of, of, of us being in this world, but not of this world, uh, and, and the importance of uh, being all about our Father's business. Um, because if we love the things of this world, uh, if we were to jump over to First John, which we're going to do a little bit later on, um, John tells us that, that, that if we love the things of the world, uh, the, 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 the Son of God, the light of God is not in us, and we are in darkness. He goes on to say that the things of this world, they're fading very quickly. They're, they're passing away. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, uh, they... They're not eternal, and they're dying away. Let's not put our hope, let's not put our faith, let's not put our love in these things. But yet, let's hate the world, not hate the people of the world, not hating nature. Like, we got to be good stewards of what God's given us. Uh, but we're to hate the things of this world, the systems of this world, the things that separate man uh, from God, the things that put a divide uh, between man uh, and, and between God. And, and, and this thing, the, the separation, uh, and the thing that we are to hate really is sin, uh, because sin is what separates us from God. And, and, and we should have a very real uh, and a very reverent hate of sin uh, that is then coupled with a very strong love uh, for the Lord and the things of the Lord. 
And this is what Jesus goes on to say, and he reiterates that this is a good concept, because it says, if anyone serves me, then let him follow me. Uh, Jesus used that phrase, follow me, a lot. Uh, You see all the disciples, um, the reason why they're chilling with Jesus is because Jesus said, hey, come follow me, come follow me. Drop what you're doing and follow me. And that whole concept of dropping what you're doing and following uh, God does not always sound like the funnest thing uh, to young people, because we like just doing what we do. Um, and, and, and I know there's things uh, in life that's like, man, I don't want to drop it. I don't want to drop it. Um, and, and do I believe wholeheartedly that Jesus is saying, uh, go sell your car, go sell your clothes, uh, go sell all your possessions, uh, and come follow me? I think in some cases he does say that. I, I, I think Jesus very much does say that to people. Uh, but, but is that a, a, a general uh, thing that it is for everyone? I don't know that it is. I, I, I think in many cases... Uh, what Jesus is saying is is not only in the physical, uh, but it's in uh, uh, the spiritual as well. Uh, that we are to lay aside all those things uh, that so easily hold us fast. Uh, that, yeah, that we're to let go of, of um, our <coughs> desires and our wants, uh, our plans and our futures for what we think we have for ourselves, and allow God uh, to take those and, and to mold those and allow God to move in and through us. Uh, and, and, and then the thing is with this, if you've given your heart to Jesus and you have some goals, you have some uh, aspirations and, and, and some thoughts of this is what I want in the future. Um, if you've given your heart to Christ uh, and you're seeking uh, to, to glorify God with everything you have, which I think if you've given your heart to Christ, uh, that should be what our goal is. Um, that, that God gives us, uh, it's not some like secret formula where you have to like give up everything, sit in the back corner and be like, all right, Jesus, give me my direction. No, I believe God gives us uh, direction just in the simplest thing is, hey, I've got a great idea. And then like we, we begin to think of it, oh, this lines up with God's word. This is pretty cool. It's like, you know what? I think God might be giving me this idea. And, and there's not some like secret formula of seeing what God's plan is for your life. I think God has given us intuition and i think god's given us uh, a mind and if we seek to make him great in all that we do i think god uh uses um uh, that passion to serve him uh and to follow him i think he says hey let's go do this thing together uh, i think that's why in matthew chapter 28 uh, he says and lo i am with you always all uh, all authority has been given to me all power has been given to me and i'm with you always he says go and and, and, and so that's a time for us to go, uh, and, and so he says, if anyone serves me, uh, my father will honor him. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I've seen um, many award shows. I've seen many uh, ceremonies. I played sports when I was a, a little kid, and, and I didn't get a lot of trophies. Uh, but Because uh, it was before the time where it was politically incorrect not to give a kid a trophy. Uh, now every kid gets a trophy. Uh, don't, don't, don't get me started. Uh, but uh, when I got to high school, uh, I, got, I got a few awards in high school. Um, but I know what award ceremonies are like. I know what honor is like. Uh, and all that pales in comparison uh, to the honor that we receive from the Father. There's no greater honor than when we uh, pass from this life or, or, or when Jesus returns to take us home. Uh, for, for the Father to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. Uh, I mean, uh, those are the words that I long to hear uh, my Father say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. So moving on from that, I said it was a, a mini or it's a full sermon. We spent a few minutes just looking at that. I encourage you guys just to look at uh, what that means uh, more. I, I encourage you guys to spend some time just in prayer and be like, all right, God, uh, what do I need to give up? Because I think in our lives, uh, we tend to hold on to things that are sometimes even good things. Uh, and, 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 and we think, okay, we're doing great. This is good. This is good. But sometimes God wants us to give up these things uh, because these are things, though they are good, they are hindering us. Uh, from seeing the full plan that God has for us. And, and, and I, I just want to encourage you guys uh, that, that, that there are good things in life, uh, but if we get caught up in doing the good things rather than uh, doing the things for the good God, uh, then, then I think uh, our, our priorities can get out of whack, and God wants us to give up some things uh, so that we can see him move in and through our lives. But Jesus now in verse 27 says this, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour... But it was for this purpose I came to this hour. Uh, here we see Jesus, uh, who is fully God, yet fully man as well, uh, really having a moment of humanity, uh, yet a moment of divinity. Uh, he, he says, man, you know what? Uh, it's going to suck to die. It, it really is, because I'm human. 
Uh, and I'm going to experience pain. I'm going to experience agony. I'm going to experience what it feels like to take a last breath. You see the Gnostics who were around during the first century, the second century, and the third century. Uh, the Gnostics were some of the people that John uh, contended with. They didn't believe um, that, that Christ was fully man or fully God. Uh, they didn't believe. Uh, some believed he was fully man. Some believed he was fully God. Some believed that he was half and half. Uh, others believe that he was man who received divinity upon uh, baptism, but then when he got put on the cross, divinity left him, and so he was just a man. And, and, and the thing is, Jesus was fully man, yet fully God. And, and so he experienced the very things that we uh, experience, I think, uh, to the nth degree. Um, and and he, uh, he was thinking, man, this, this is not going to be a fun situation. But it was for this very hour I came. Uh, and so... He then goes on to say, Father, glorify your name. Uh, let your will uh, be done. And so um, that's a prayer I think uh, many of us have probably prayed. Um, God, I don't know what's going on right now. Uh, this sucks. Uh, and, and I don't want to go any further. But God, I feel like you've told me I got to go. I got to go. I got to push. And, uh, and, and I just want to encourage you, if maybe you're somewhere uh, on that journey in life and, and you're thinking, man, I don't want to go any further. But I feel like God has told me I got to go. Uh, be, begin to pray, Father, let your will be done. Let your will be done. Because I believe we serve a very real God who hears our prayers uh, and, and, and has, uh, uh, has a plan for each and every single one of us and has a way through uh, for each and every single one of us. Let's jump now um, to, G, uh, to Jesus' words here in verse 30 where he says this, This voice did not come because of me, uh, but it came for your sake. The voice he's referring to is when uh, God speaks down uh, from heaven saying uh, it has been glorified and it will be glorified. Um, many believe that this was to, to puff Jesus up uh, because many did, still did not believe fully that Jesus was Messiah. And he says, no, this did not come for me. I already know who I am uh, and, and I, I really want you to know who I am. Uh, but this voice came for your sake so that you would know who uh, I am. He says, this in verse 31, now is the judgment of the world, uh, and now the ruler of this world is cast out. And if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples unto myself. Um, what Jesus is, is doing here, and as verse 33 points out to us, uh, Jesus here is signifying and saying uh, the way in which he's going to die. Uh, he's not going to be killed by a sword. He's not going to be pushed off a building. Uh, he's going to be raised up from the earth. He, he's going to be put on a cross. Uh, and die the most cruel uh, death. Uh, and, and we don't have time tonight. I think I've done it on another Tuesday night, and you've probably heard it. Uh, and if you haven't, I would encourage you uh, to look at what crucifixion uh, is all about uh, because uh, it is excruciating. And how many of you guys knew that the word excruciating, its root word, comes from uh, crucifixion? Uh, if you came to our Wednesday Night Guys Life Group, you would have learned that uh, a little while ago. So uh, plug for Wednesday Night Life Group. But Jesus is saying, hey, if I'm lifted up, if I'm put upon this cross, I will draw all people unto myself. And we're going to see uh, how this unfolds in the next few weeks and months as we continue to look uh, at what uh, John has to say. Uh, verse 35, Jesus says, a little while longer, the light is with you. Uh, walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. And while you have the light, believe in the light that you may be called sons of of the light. Uh, turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to 1 John, and we're going to look at what 1 John has to say. Uh, uh, John writing his epistle uh, to the church, uh, the last book that was written in the New Testament, the last book that was written in all of Scripture, this letter John is writing uh, to the church so that they would know uh, uh, who Christ is and the importance uh, of, of what he has done uh, for the world. It says this in verse 3 of chapter 2. It says, By this we know uh, that we know him, if we keep his commandments. And he who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps the word, uh, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And by this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him, ought himself also walk just as he walked. Brethren, I do not write to you to command you, uh, but an old commandment which you have heard from the beginning, uh, the old commandment which is the word, which is in, 
the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which things is true in him, uh, that because of the darkness is passing away, uh, and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Um, and he who loves his brother abides in the light, uh, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. John is, uh, is, is, is telling those in the church uh, that, this, that this concept of Jesus, this concept of Messiah, this concept uh, of Jesus being the light and walking in the light is not some new thing. It's, it's, it's been that which is from the beginning. Uh, the light has been with us from the beginning, from the very moment uh, God said, let there be light. Uh, the light uh, has been shining, and, 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 but it's not just in this, in this physical sense that we have light, uh, but it's the word that was with God and was God. Uh, and, and this word uh, was the light of the world, this word being Jesus, and, and who is eternal and who has always been, uh, who has been uh, since before creation, um, as, as some uh, would believe that, that Jesus is created, that God created uh, Jesus for a purpose. Uh, God did not create Jesus because Jesus is there. God. Yeah, he was always there. And, and, and so this is a concept that has been from the beginning. And, and John is telling the church and telling the Jews who he was writing to, you have heard this from the beginning. It, it, it's a part of our Jewish uh, heritage. It's a part of our, our cultural and religious upbringing that, that there is going to be this Messiah that he has been uh, since before the beginning. And, and you should have known, but you haven't. But now I give you a new commandment that this light is shining. And now live in the light and do not let the darkness overtake you. And then he gives us a prescription of how we can allow the darkness to overtake us. Uh, this is one of many ways, but uh, I think it's very important that we look at what John says here in 1 John about how the light uh, or how the darkness can overtake us. Uh, because, uh, one, I believe that the Holy Spirit inspired John to write those things for a very specific reason. And because I think uh, the very thing he's talking about is something that's very common uh, to humanity. Uh, and it's this concept of hating one's brother uh, or loving one's brother. Uh, now, I think if we were to take a poll going around the room, and I were to say, uh, how many of you guys hate uh, a specific person? Uh, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to put any of you on the spot. Uh, but but I, I feel like uh, the, 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 if we really were to think about it, we're like, I don't know if I, if I hate someone. Maybe, maybe you do. Maybe you do. Um, and, and, uh, and I think... Um, what, what, what John's getting at here um, is, is uh, if we have malice, if we have ill will, if we have um, uh, angst against a brother um, or a sister, um, this is the beginning uh, of a great chasm that can form uh, between us and God. Uh, if we allow um, our feelings towards uh, brothers or sisters uh, to, to get... Uh, a skewed from what God's view of them is, uh, it, it's uh, a very slippery slope that, that ends up separating us from the Lord, uh, and, and we, we end up in darkness. And so uh, John encourages that uh, if we hate our brother, uh, then uh, we are in the darkness, but if we love our brother, then the light abounds in us, uh, and, and we're encouraged to walk in the light. So what does this mean? What's a practical, what's a practical application uh, of loving uh, our brothers, even when uh, they, they tend to rub us wrong uh, or, or, or they do something uh, that can hurt us and, and, and we, we've been offended. How many of y'all have ever been offended before? Anyone ever been offended? Okay, yeah. Uh, if you didn't raise your hand, I don't know if you're human and I need you to teach me, I need you to teach me uh, your, your extraterrestrial ways. No, I'm just joking. That was not, not good for the pulpit. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, uh, um, uh, yeah. Totally got sidetracked. My bad. My bad. Um, so, uh, practical ways of, of loving people, even when everything inside of us is like, I do not want to love this person right now. Uh, what does Paul uh, tell us about loving people? Um, uh, Paul tells us that we're to have fellowship one with another, and there should not be discord amongst us. Uh, he, he says, each and every single one of us, uh, if you... Um, and especially, especially if it's another brother in Christ. That's what John is writing about. Uh, he's not saying it's okay to be mad at non-Christians, but he's saying 
definitely do not be mad at your Christian brothers and sisters because this is this is not of the Lord. This is not edify and glorify the body. Paul tells us that the church is very much a body, uh, and it has different members or or, or different uh, body parts. Some of us are fingers. Some of us are noses, some of us are eyes, some of us are ears, some of us are kneecaps. Some of us, some of us might even be the four little ligaments that hold the kneecap in place uh, between your femur and your, uh, uh, your tibia and fibia. You guys know all those bones? All right, very good, very good. Uh, some of you are even the anterior tibialis. Yeah, now that's impressive. Um, but we all have a specific role. And what does Paul say in Ephesians about those roles? He says, can the eye... Can the eye say to the foot, I have no need of you? Now let's think of it. My good brother Dave. Uh, Dave, uh, he, he injured his eye. And so if you guys can be praying for Dave, uh, Dave hurt his eye. Uh, and, and, and we prayed for him in pre-service prayer. And I believe God's going to do something awesome uh, in, in his eye. But um, I talked a few weeks ago about how I injured my eye. Um, uh, but Dave, Dave injured his eye. Uh, eyes are very important parts of our body. Uh, any of you ever been at a place where you haven't been able to use your eyes because of some sort of injury? Uh, yeah, it's it's no fun. It's really not fun. Um, and going with the whole light and darkness thing, uh, when you can't see, it's kind of hard to know if you're in light or dark. Um, how many of you guys have ever? Uh, how many of you guys have ever swung a hammer before? Anyone ever swung a hammer before? Oh, very nice. Okay, okay. How many of you guys have ever swung a hammer and hit your thumb? Yeah, no, uh, so so you see it all the time in TV, and then, like, the thumb, like, swells up and, like, pulsates. You guys know that? Uh, that's a real thing that happens. I've seen it. I've done it to myself. The, like, thumb literally swells up, and, and like, it's, it's not fun. And you realize, wow, my thumb's kind of an important member of my body. Uh, there's some body parts that you think of. You're like, I, I could probably do without. Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna tell on myself a little bit. Uh, I've had some pretty, and many of you have been a part uh, and have been a party to some of these uh, conversations I've had. Uh, but I've had some very random conversations uh, that we have no clue how we got there. Uh, yet we got to some really weird conversations, like this. Um, how much money would it take for you to allow someone to cut off your pinky on your off hand? So for me, I'm left-handed. Uh, and, and, and for someone to take off my pinky uh, for a specific amount of money. Sounds really bad if you just pick up in the sermon right here. I, so, it's okay, people listening on the recording. Um, and and I, I will be honest, uh, out of nowhere, I was just like, you know what? Offhand pinky, 100 grand. You give me 100 grand, you can take my pinky. How often do I use my pinky? Uh, and then I remembered, oh yeah, I play mandolin. <laughs> Try playing a mandolin when you got fingers the size of mine and one takes up two fretboards, your pinky comes in handy. Um, and it's like, well, what about like your pinky toe? It's legitimately like this big. Uh, you can get rid of your pinky toe, right? Uh, it, but your pinky toe is there for balance. How many of you guys ever kicked a door jam before? Okay, I've kicked a door jam before and you legitimately start to see toe jam. Uh, and not like the lengthy fuzz. It like I kicked the door jam one time, and like it like bubbled up purple goo, and it was blood. It was nasty. It hurt, and I was not happy. But I realized, you know what? I kind of need my pinky toe. Um, I could just go on about stories of injuries. Uh, you guys remember? You guys remember uh, uh, doing like heel clicks where you like jump up and click your heels, like feel like you're some 1930s movie or something? Uh, how many of you guys ever done a double heel click? Yeah, I can double heel click like it's going out of style. Well, one time, one time when I was in high school, I was like, I'm going to try a triple. Do not try a triple heel click if you value your foot. Because I landed on the side of my foot, my pinky toe rolled underneath my foot, tore all the ligaments in my foot, and I was in a boot for six weeks. Not fun. And you begin to realize how much you need certain parts of your body. So when Paul says, can I really say I don't need this other part? Um, for the church to function, for the church to function, we cannot have angst towards our brothers. Right. We cannot have angst toward our sisters. Those are the very things that cause dissension. Those are the very <laughs> things that cause um, uh, ripples and rifts in churches. It's the reason why uh, churches split when people have angst against others. And, and, and Jude tells us, um, we're just hitting every New Testament writer tonight. Uh, Jude tells us uh, that 
the, the, these very things, these dissensions, these angst towards brothers and sisters, are the very things uh, that, that, that ruin the love feasts, is what he says. And he says there are people who are in your midst who are of darkness and who speak and, and, and say things with ill intent in their heart. And this should not be. Uh, it, it is told to us throughout the entire New Testament that uh, uh, there should be harmony, there should be love amongst brothers and sisters. Does that mean we can't disagree with each other? No. It is totally okay to disagree. But we can disagree in love. Um, and, and, and I think that's totally okay. Because if you've been around uh, a group of pastors before from different denominations, we disagree. Uh, it's very real. I was hanging out at a, at a retreat just two weeks ago with eight pastors. We're all from different denominations. Um, yeah, we disagreed. But there was love. And, and, and a love abound, and, and it wasn't like a dissension. It was, hey, this is okay. This is okay. But we're told in the book of Titus, hey, throw like like, like don't waste time with with, with uh, arguments that bring no fruit. Focus on the things that are good and true, the things of Christ. And it's when we do those things that we see the church begin to operate in the way that I think Jesus intended it to operate, being a light to the world, just as He was a light. Unto the world. Uh, James tells us that our tongue is a very, very powerful uh, instrument, and, and our tongue can be used to tear people down or build people up. I think when it comes to loving our brothers, I think when it comes to walking in light, like Christ is the light, uh, we're told in Matthew that, that uh, when you have a candle, uh, you don't put it under uh, a basket and hide it, uh, and when you have a lamp uh, in a city, you put it on the hill so the world can see the light. Um, I think we're to use our tongues to build people up, uh, not tear people down. And, and, and so if you ever find yourself in a place where you uh, maybe unbeknownst to yourself or subconsciously you begin to speak uh, ill about someone, um, we're told that if, if we remember, like even when we're at church or even when we're worshiping, the New Testament goes as far as to say when you're at the altar offering up an offering and you remember that you or your brother has wronged you, uh, you are to leave the altar and you're to go and make it right. You're to go and make it right. And so I just want to encourage you guys. Maybe you've got something going on in your life where someone has wronged you or, 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 or done angst towards you. Uh, make it right. Make it right. Um, and, and, and I believe first, when we make it right, uh, we're going to see the church operate uh, in a more healthy way. Uh, but... I believe very uh, wholeheartedly that when that when uh, we're told to leave the altar to go make it right, um, I believe that when there's wrong, uh, it hinders some of the things that we have at the altar. Uh, and, 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 and there's some prayers that maybe we've been praying that have not been answered uh, because we harbor ill will in our heart towards people. And so I just want to encourage you guys, uh, make things right. Don't keep a record of wrong. And, and, and let love abound. Uh, and I believe uh, that, that, that we'll begin to see prayers answered in our life uh, that we've been praying for a while. And we're like, man, God, when are you going to move? And then we say, hey, you know what? I forgive you. And God's like, yeah, thank you. Thank you for following my instructions. Uh, and, and so uh, that's another little side sermon. We weren't even going to go there tonight. So bonus. Boom. All right. This is what it says. Uh, verse 44. Uh, Jesus says this. He cries out. When it, when it, whenever Jesus cries out, I think it's important. Uh, it doesn't just say Jesus said. Jesus cries out and he says this, He who believes in me, uh, believe, uh, he who believes in me <coughs> believes not in me, but in him who sent me. Um, this is very important because Jesus, yet again, is claiming divinity. Uh, he's claiming I am uh, God. Uh, and, and you're not believing in me. You're believing in he who sent me because I and he are one. Uh, and so Jesus is now telling them, uh, hey, you It'd be a good idea to believe in me because the God you say you worship uh, is the very same uh, that you are persecuting even right now. Verse 45 says this, And he who sees me sees him who sent me again a claim to divinity. I have come as light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Yet again, Jesus is saying, uh, I am light. This world is dark. Uh, abide in me and I will abide in you uh, and you will no longer be in darkness darkness um we had a fun time this last friday night uh sydney you put on a pretty good event that was pretty awesome can we just thank sid real quick for putting on an awesome friday night that was pretty cool i i, I think that was awesome 
Uh, and it gets pretty dark out there, uh, which is really cool. Um, and so there were some awesome stars. And I, I think you guys saw Gringus Khan. Was that one of the stars you saw? Okay, very cool. Uh, well, we, uh, we had the opportunity to break some glow sticks. Uh, and it wasn't a rave. We were playing a capture the flag. Um, but I will be honest. I'm not going to drop any names or anything. Um, but it's, it's kind of hard to maneuver in the dark at times. And uh, I, I will say, I witnessed a few people uh, fall. Uh, and and uh, I witnessed a few people fall hard. Uh, uh, your shoelace was untied. Okay. So it had nothing to do with the dark. It had nothing to do with the dark. Um, well, I fall in the dark, so I'm not making fun of anyone. People fall in the dark. Uh, and, and, and the darkness needs light. Uh, the darkness needs light for us to be able to see. Uh, glow sticks are great because you can see them from far away, but glow sticks really don't illuminate all that well. Like, you ever tried to read a book by a glow stick? Unless you get, like, the military-grade glow sticks, if you get, like, the Dollar Tree glow stick, you're not reading a book. It's not going to happen. Um, so, so, so there are things there are things in this world that we can think bring us light, um, but they really don't actually bring us light. Doing good uh, might sound like something we're bringing light to the darkness because we're doing good for these people. Uh, but if Jesus is not the center, then it's not a true light. And it's like trying to read a uh, stinking novel with a pink glow stick in a pitch black room. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. But our good friend Dusty, wow, Dusty, uh, that dude had a flashlight. This was a killer flashlight. Uh, sorry to anyone who was walking behind me. I, I heard rumors that I blinded all of you. My bad. Uh, but this flashlight uh, was one of those like million candle power flashlights. Uh, and it, it definitely made the darkness scatter. Uh, and and I, I believe uh, wholeheartedly that Jesus is a lot more than a million candle lights. But for the analogy, that flashlight definitely uh, made the darkness disappear. And it, it was a lot easier to walk. And I believe if we all had those headlamps with that light on them, uh, some of us who fell might not have fallen. Um, and and it, it goes for our walk in life as well. Um, because we see almost every author in the New Testament, uh, all inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, each one of them brings up uh, stumbling uh, at multiple times. Uh, one, because I think it's just a very human uh, trait. Um, I think by nature, we tend to be clumsy at times. Uh, uh, we really do. I work in the nursery on Sunday mornings, and I've watched some pretty impressive babies. I've also watched some pretty clumsy babies. Uh, it, it's human nature to fall. Uh, it's really cool, like when a baby stands up and they like they do it stand up for the first time. They take a few steps. You're like, yeah. And then this might sound terrible, but watching a baby fall is so like it brings me joy because they don't fall forward on their face. There, there's something about babies that they, 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 they're like they're like legs wiggle out and they just drop one of their butt. They're like, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, oh, that's so cute, you know. Uh, it's human nature to fall. It's human nature to stumble. Uh, and, and it goes just beyond the physical of. I won't wobble my legs like that again. Sorry, that was impressive. We're dancing up in here. Um, but uh, it's human nature to stumble and fall. Uh, and, that, and that goes beyond uh, just the physical. I, I, I think it's a, uh, because of sin, uh, because of the fall. I think there's a reason why it's called the fall. Um, uh, sin and falling is just a part of our everyday uh, human nature. Uh, and one of the ways that we can live a life uh, that, that is overcoming the way that we can live a life uh, where we don't stumble, where we don't fall as much, is when we allow the light uh, to illuminate our path. Uh, Jesus, uh, being that light, uh, brings light to the darkness. Uh, darkness being sin, light being God, uh, uh, he brings light where there uh, is that darkness, and, and he makes it so uh, we can stand a lot stronger, we can stand a lot firmer, and the things of this world, the things which we are to hate, Jesus said, uh, um, that uh, those things won't be the things that trip us and, and make us stumble anymore. Um, now, jump back, if you will, to just a few verses ago, I think it was in verse 34, where um, Jesus says, uh, those uh, who are my servants, they what? They follow me. Uh, this is a concept that we as uh, Christians, uh, we know well. We follow Christ. We do what Christ has commanded. But let's imagine this as Christ being our light, living in a dark world. If we follow the light, we're going to be okay. But how many times in our lives have we said, oh man, you know what? I think I've got a good idea. I think I've got a great plan. And, and 
we kind of get so caught up in that plan that we lose sight of the light and we start kind of going off on our own path. And Jesus is still with us because we're following him. So there's still a little bit of light so we can see. But then we start getting ourselves further and further away from Christ that we begin to stumble, we begin to fall. And it's because we're not allowing the light to illuminate the darkness. And Jesus says, uh, I'm only here. He was telling the disciples, I'm only here for a little more time. Follow me while you can so that you become sons of the light. Now, the really cool thing for us uh, is, is that Jesus went away. You might ask yourself, well, wait, why is that cool? Because, uh, because he was the light. How are we going to see in the darkness if Jesus left us? Well, we're going to see in just a few uh, short chapters that Jesus says, it's better that I leave you. Uh, and how many of you guys have ever just, uh, I've said this to myself, so this isn't any condemnation, but I, I used to say, man, it would have just been so cool to like walk with Jesus, you know? Which is a very cool thing. But Jesus says, uh, blessed are those who believe yet they have not seen me. Uh, it, it, it's actually more impressive to live and follow Christ without being at Jesus' time. He, he, he says, it's better that I leave so that I can send the helper, the Holy Spirit, who is the light. Because God is light. And the Holy Spirit, being God, uh, is the light to us. And, and, and if you put your faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in you and has given you power to be a witness to all the world. A witness of what? A witness of the light, a witness of Jesus. And so, uh, yet again, another sermon for another night. We'll get there when we get to verse uh, uh, chapter 14, 15, and 16. Great t- time, great portion of Scripture, a few of my favorite chapters. Uh, this is what it says in verse uh, 47 uh, of this chapter. And let me just check how we're doing time-wise. I want to be good stewards of your guys' time. Wow, we've already been going for 47 minutes. My bad. But we're in verse 47, so it works. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come into the world to judge the world, but to save the world. Uh, Jesus is not judging. Jesus is not condemning. He's going to go on in verses 48 and 49 to say, uh, it's the words that I have spoken. It is the very things that I have said. Those will judge uh, at the end. And if you reject me, um, uh, as we're told in, in the book of Romans, that everyone is without excuse. Uh, uh, God has made himself known, has, re- has revealed himself uh, since the beginning of time so that we are without excuse. Uh, if, if, if someone does not believe in God and they end up before the Father and, Jesus said, uh, and, and God says, why should I let you enter my kingdom? And they don't have the right answer. Uh, it's not because they missed out. Uh, it's because they rejected God. And, 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 and so Jesus says, I'm not judging. This is very reminiscent of what he said earlier in his ministry in John chapter 3. Uh, verse 16 and 17. How many of you guys know uh, John 3, 16? Okay. That's a pretty popular verse. Do you think we all say it at the same time? You know, it sounds cool. Let's do it. Uh, three, two, one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You guys all deserve a gold star, and I can put my flannel gram away now. Amen. Only if some of you got that joke. That's awesome. Um, but how many of you guys know what verse 17 says of John chapter 3? It says what? Yeah, for I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that through me the world might be saved. Jesus came to save. And I think if we are following Jesus' example, we should come to give the very thing that saves, and that's Jesus. We're not here to condemn the world. We're not here to judge the world. Um, let's let the Holy Spirit do His job, which is to judge, to convict people of sin uh, and, and unrighteousness. And um, But uh, does that mean that we just accept everything? No, because we know the difference between darkness and light. Uh, and yet we are to love one another and speak truth, because Jesus is, as we're going to see in John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, he is the way, he is the life, uh, but he's also the truth. And, and, and so the gospel is all about truth, and so we have to be bearers of truth. Jesus says this in verse 49, For I have not spoken of my own authority, but the Father who sent me has given me this command that I should say to you what I speak. And now that his commandment is everlasting life. Uh, we are told that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life. And God loved us so much, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that God loved us so much that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, John three sixteen. 16, uh, that, that whoever believes in him 
would not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Uh, um, if we confess with our mouth uh, that, that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we are saved. Romans 10, 13. Uh, if, if, if anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, uh, Jesus came for salvation. Jesus came that the lost would be found, that those who are in darkness would experience light and see the fullness that we could have in life in Christ. And so uh, the authority that he was given and the commandment that he was given was to bring everlasting life. And he says this to close out verse 50, Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Um, It is my prayer uh, for myself. It is my prayer for this group and for our church and for all believers uh, that, that, that what Christ speaks, uh, being that that's what the Father speaks, that's so what we speak as well. Uh, the, 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 the very things uh, that Jesus taught, the very things that Jesus said, those would be the very things uh, that are quick to come off our tongue. That when we are uh, in, in, in public, when we are in our private place, um, that we would speak the things of the Lord and that the things of the Lord uh, would fill up every single uh, breath we have and that, that we would praise God with everything we have um, and, and that he would be made famous as a result of the way we live our lives. Uh, the, the, the way we live our lives would point people to Christ. When we're in the grocery store line, that we would point people to Christ. When we're at Starbucks going through the drive through we would point people to Christ. Even when we're at the DMV. Even when we're at the DMV. We would point people to Christ. When we're in our living room with our family members, that Christ would be the center. And uh, I believe that that when we do this, we will begin to see the very thing uh, that we've been praying for for years, that, that, that some people have been praying for generations, that we would see an awakening uh, in our community and we'd see revival uh, when God's people are about God. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's pray. Uh, and then uh, I think we're going to fellowship uh, because uh, we, we, we have some exciting things tonight. So let's pray. Dear God, uh, we just thank you so much, uh, God, that you are light, and in, in you there is no darkness, uh, God. And uh, though we live in a dark world, uh, God, you are the light, and you are the light that has taken up residence in us, God. And we can be a light to this world, uh, like is said in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, that you know, we are the light of the world, uh, a lampstand on a hill. Uh, God, we are the salt of the earth. Uh, God, may we never lose our saltiness. Uh, But, God, may we continue to be seasoned with grace, God, in everything uh, that we do. God, may may, may it just be salty for Jesus. God, may we be the light, uh, God, as you are the light. And, and God, may people see you. God, we don't want any glory. We don't want any of it for ourselves. Uh, God, we pray that the world would not see us, but the world would see you through us. Uh, God, use us. Guide us. God, as we live our lives... uh, uh, and we even have questions, just like you had a question. Uh, I, I don't want to go through this hour, but it was for this hour I came. Uh, God, I pray that you'd give us direction, you'd give us perseverance as we are uh, navigating this life. Uh, God, may we have discernment uh, to see what you have for us. And God, in everything we do, God, that we would pray, your will be done. Father, you be glorified in our lives. So God, we thank you. God, we praise you. In your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.